This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Looking for the latest on the A's minor leagues? One of the latest additions to A's cast is The Farm. A look around the minor leagues with interviews, updates, and profiles on the future A's tearing up the minors. Welcome to our A's Farm podcast. I'm your host, AthleticsFarm.com Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty. And today, we're going to be talking with A's Special Assistant, Grady Fuson. He's the A's former scouting director, and he's also known as one of the top talent evaluators in the game. And now that we're about a month into the minor league season, we wanted to check in with Grady and get his take on the development of some of the A's top prospects. Hey, thanks for joining me today, Grady. Pleasure to be here, Billy. So uh, I wanted to talk to you about a bunch of the A's, the most high-profile prospects, and get your perspectives on them. And I wanted to start out with some of the guys at the top of the system at AAA Vegas, guys who are a little closer to maybe making an impact at the major league level. And uh, a guy I wanted to start out asking you about is shortstop Nick Allen. You know, he got off to a good start this year at Vegas. He finally got a little look at the major leagues with Oakland. Uh, We know the defense is solid. Um, but I'm curious to know what you think about his offensive potential. He's now back at Vegas uh, uh, playing there again, but I want to know what your thoughts are about what he needs to do to become a a productive major league hitter in the future for Oakland. I I think he's very close. Uh, I think he just needs time up there. His approach is intact. Uh, The last couple of years, he's gotten much better control in the strike zone. He's a little bit stronger, so his exit velos have improved. Uh, You know, you go back to last year, and he had such a great summer at Midland. Went to the Olympic team and went all around the world. Came back, went to Vegas, kind of scuffled a little bit there. But I think all of us just realized he was fatigued. You know, that was a a big trip to the Olympic team. So, you know, he came to camp ready to go. He had a good camp. I think he impressed uh, the major league staff. Um, we all knew the best thing he needed to do was just go to Vegas and get off to a good start, which he did. And then he got his feet wet in the big league for a couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, he's back in Vegas competing. His at-bats are competitive. So, to me, he's very close. Yeah, well, like you said, he's been hitting the ball harder. And for a, a, a smaller guy like him, if he's hitting the ball harder, that's a, that's a good sign anyway. <laughs> yeah, everybody um, likes the ball coming off the bat. Uh, and, you know, another guy at Vegas this year who's who's really been probably the best hitter there and one of the best hitters in the Pacific Coast League in the early going is catcher Shea Langoliers, who you guys got from Atlanta in the Matt Olson deal. He's been leading the Pacific Coast League in home runs last I looked, and uh, we know his defense is solid. So what do you think about Shea Langoliers and his ability to, to perhaps help the big club at some point before too long in the near future? Well, I, I think it could possibly happen. He's... You know, everybody knows he was a high pick with Atlanta, and he was uh, a great pickup in those trades. 
In fact, I thought we did very well in those trades. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a few of the pitchers that aren't out thrown, but um, but Langoliers has been everything as advertised. I mean, he's, <clears throat> Fran raves about his ability to run a game, call a game, his throwing arm, as far as arm strength and accuracy have, have been off the charts. And, and the guy's homered 10 times in a month, so... Um, you know, we'll just see where it takes us, but uh, I, I think he's he's going to see the big leagues at some point. Yeah, it's pretty hard not to like everything you've seen at this stage of the game. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, he's been superb. Now, another guy at uh, Vegas I wanted to ask you about quickly. He was just called up by the A's, uh, Luis Pereira. You know, uh, he's an outfielder who's been in the system for a long time. He's had some ups. He's had some downs. Uh, he was DFA not that long ago, and now he's back with the big club. I'm curious about your perspective on Luis Pereira and, and his potential ability to, to contribute to the big league club at the major league level. Well, this will be – I'm glad he's getting another opportunity. Uh Louie has the tools. He's a plus runner. He's a good defender when he's focused. Uh, he can slash the ball all around ballpark. Um, and he's got some occasional bull power. He's just got to put together a little bit more consistency in his game. He's hot. He's cold. Um, he goes through stages where, you know, his recognition isn't quite right. He doesn't walk for a while. He needs to get on base in a back clip. But as far as his skills, if, if this guy really focuses and keeps his mind on the game, works at it. He's got ability. So he's got a second chance up there. I'm not sure how much time he's going to get, but, you know, with Loriano back up there now too. So, you know, we'll see. He's he's getting a second opportunity, especially after being DFA'd and now being brought back again. Yeah, well, hopefully he can put it together and, uh, uh, you know, make his mark because uh, the, the big club could use uh, some, some offensive help at this point. So if he yeah. can do so- so, something. <laughs> sometimes it's a wake-up call uh, for some of these guys that are put on the roster and they just, you know, they get lackluster and they, they get taken off the roster and then they think they're going to get claimed and they don't. You know, sometimes that can be a good wake-up call. So right. you know, hopefully it works in this case. And and then finally at Vegas, there's one pitcher I wanted to ask you about who's a bit of an under-the-radar guy, and that's left-hander Jared Koenig. I don't know how much you've seen of him, but, you know, he's probably been the best pitcher at Vegas in the early going. He had a very good season at Midland last year. Prior to that, he had spent most of his career pitching in the indie leagues and pitching in Australia before the A's signed him a couple of years ago. Like I said, very much a kind of under-the-radar guy. But he's, you know, done nothing but perform very well uh, since he's been in the A system. And now he's performing well at the AAA level, just one step removed from the majors. I'm curious to know your perspective on his, you know, potential ability to contribute at the major league level at some point. Yeah. He, uh, you know, we got him about three years ago when the COVID thing hit and, you know, you know how that went. But the bottom line is he really put himself on the map last year in Midland. He became much more of a pitcher. Um, his stuff isn't big, but he's deceptive. Um, he's a big guy. He's durable. He's got a four-pitch four mix with a slider curveball and changeup. But he's just done a much better job locating. He kind of pitches 88-92 most time. Um, so, like I said, it's not big fastball, but he locates. And if he keeps doing what he's, gonna, what he's doing, he's going to get his shot as well with the type of team we have up yeah. there currently. 
Yeah, no, I mean, there, there, there could be opportunity for performing well at AAA this year, whoever you are, that's I mean, for sure. <laughs> so, you know, we've been good at finding these, as you would say, under-the-radar type uh, guys, especially a couple lefties, and, uh, you know, so hopefully he becomes another one. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's drop down now to the to the lower levels of the system, uh, uh, to low A Stockton. I know you were there in Stockton recently and got a look at, at some guys there, but I wanted to ask you about a, a couple of prospects particularly intriguing at Stockton this year. And, of course, the first one is your last year's top draft pick for your shortstop, Max Munty. He's just 19 years old there in the Cal League, and uh, he's been hitting very well, showing a lot of power. I think he's leading the uh, the team in home runs. And uh, he's also been taking walks and getting on base as well. But what do you think about uh, uh, top draft pick Max Muncy, the teenager there in Stockton with his first full-season team this year? Yeah, he's, his development is definitely on par. He's, he's mature. He's focused. He competes every night. Um, he's got skills on both sides of the ball. Um, he's got a good arm. His actions are, you know, they're not the slickest action, but, but he, he covers baseball, and, you know, for a teenager, he knows what he's doing. Um, he's a runner, um, and, he's, and, he's, and he's fairly physical for a high school kid. So the ball gets off his bat. You know, like anybody, there's things that he's got to learn as he goes through. He gets a little too aggressive at times and overswings, and, you know, the punch outs right now are a little high. Uh, probably needs uh, a little better technique little better move uh, going to the baseball side to side. Uh, but, you know, this is one of the guys that, as a teenager, playing in the pro game is is right on par with where you'd hope he'd be, if not better. Yeah, if you're 19 years old and performing well at uh, as well as he has at any level, that's uh, that's usually a pretty good sign anyway. <laughs> so um, another guy there that, that's intriguing to me was your fourth-round draft pick um, last year, uh, outfielder Denzel Clark. You know, he's got an interesting combination of, of real power and real speed. Um, he's been hitting a lot of home runs, a lot of doubles, and stealing a lot of bases there at Stockton and just hitting hitting well overall. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to know your impressions, having gotten a good look at Denzel Clark just recently. Well, he, he's my biggest surprise is the early performing guy. I mean, this guy's tooled up for a big guy, but everything that we've seen since we got him last summer, you know, in mini camp and then in structure league and spring training, it's just I always looked at him like a big, highly skilled man that's this just has a lot of arms and legs going in a lot of places, and it's it was a little raw. And, and but uh we got him out playing and he's performed excellent. Uh he loves playing the game, he plays it hard, he's got electric legs and he's got big raw power. And he's a very good defender, so he's got all the traits. But I'm just really surprised that he's kicked it off in this first month or so and and really performed. I mean he's hit for average, he's his his walk strikeout rate is solid, he's he's hit for power, he's stolen bases like he said though. Um, I'm very happy for the kid. And it, at the same time, like I said, I'm, I'm surprised things are coming together as fast as they are. Yeah, now it seems like if he keeps this up, he could be a fast mover. Um, one final guy at Stockton I wanted to ask you about was one of your top international signings, outfielder Pedro Pineda, another, I believe, 19-year-old uh, there at Stockton. Uh, you know, I'm assuming he falls into the uh, talented but raw category at this point, but I'm curious yeah, to know yeah. your impressions of him after just getting a good look at him there at Stockton. 
Uh, I've been with him for a year now, and uh, he had a little wrist issue uh, early when I got to to Stockton, so I missed him for a couple of games. But he he's a he's a very athletic, good-bodied kid that can run. Um, when he's in sync with swing, the ball jumps off his bat. He can throw. You know, the game's just a little fast for him right now, and um, he's a little overmatched from time to time. But hopefully, he gets to the point by the halfway mark where things, you know, his numbers look a little bit more competitive. Um, you know, there's some swinginess in there, and his swing tends to be in and out of the strike zone very quickly. So, you know, we've been doing a lot of drills trying to get him to finish through baseball and not off the baseball. So he's a young kid. He's a quiet kid. Um, you know, he's just he's just learning the game. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, a lot of those, you've got a lot of those young, very young Latin American prospects of yours starting off at Stockton now under this new minor league configuration. And, you know, it's, it's, it's got to be a bit of a challenge for a lot of those young guys getting, you know, starting off with a full season team like that. And, uh, you know, facing some college pitchers, basically on opposing squads, there's, there's a lot for them to learn. Yeah. Well, I mean, they start seeing breaking balls night after night, even in low A ball, and just not prepared for it. And, you know, in a perfect world, you would have hopefully more of a competitive extended camp scenario where the game is played right dinner. But, you know, currently in extended, I mean, they can, uh, you know, they can still walk off the mound. They can still, you know, do all the little things that you do in spring training when you roll them and things like right. that. So it's not not the most competitive. At the same time, you know, when you get out of extended, you start seeing college guys, some high school guys that can spin breaking balls. I mean, that's what they need to see. You know, right. Sometimes it's it's a long walk to the glory, but uh, they got to go through it. They got to go through right. it. Right. <laughs> you got to do it sometime or another. <laughs> So uh, let's move up to uh, high A and uh, your team there, the Lansing Lugnuts. There's a few guys uh, of interest there, uh, particularly your recent first-round pick catcher, Tyler Soderstrom, is there. You know, he uh, he's 20 this year. He, he had a great season last year as a 19-year-old with Stockton, hit very well. Um, this year he's gotten off to a bit of a slow start at the plate in Lansing. We know it can be a little hard hitting early in the season in the chilly Midwest League, but still he's been struggling a bit. But I'm curious to know where you think Tyler Sutterstrom's at based on what you've seen and uh, and also what you think about his prospects as a catcher or potentially moving to first base. What's your overall impression of where he's at at this stage of the game? Well, he's been dealing with a thumb uh, contusion, so that's held him back a little bit the last two or three weeks. He's engaged and played a little first. He hasn't caught since that happened. I mean, his skills are still all there. But Tyler just needs to kind of grow up and mature. He takes every at-bat so serious and, and you know, just drops his head and falls apart after every at-bat that just doesn't go his way. And, um, you know, then takes then tends to take it behind the plate with him, and then things can get a little rough. But once again, there's flashes of him. Uh, catching brilliantly, and then there's flashes of him clanging baseballs and doing all the things that his attitude kind of, you know, gets in his way. So to me, he's he's uh, 20, he's physical, everybody knows he's got power, everybody knows he's an aggressive hitter, uh, everybody knows he can play other positions. We're still going to grind this thing out as a catcher, but, you know, I'm just looking for him to take steps in the mental side of the game and his growth and understanding that, hey, 
this is a long season, and it's a lot of at bats, and you're going to have some good ones, and you're going to have some rough ones, but you've got to deal with them in a little bit more consistent manner so that your attitude and your focus stays on par. Right. I guess, you know, considering as a hitter, you know, most of the time you are failing, that, that learning how to handle failure is probably a good thing in baseball. <laughs> yeah, it's hard, but it's it's part of it. There's a lot more failure when you look at it than there is success, you know, but you don't have to be perfect in this game to, to make your money. Right, exactly. But you gotta be, but you, you, you got to be consistent. <laughs> so uh, a couple of guys there I'm eager to ask you about in Lansing this year are a couple of guys who were former top prospects who'd kind of, you know, fallen down the list, fallen uh, out of the spotlight a little bit. And, of course, those are outfielders, uh, Austin Beck and Lazaro Armenteras, once highly touted prospects who, you know, maybe didn't develop as hoped. They're back there at Lansing and high A, and both of them have been hitting well this year. Um, uh, Lazaro uh, and Beck, I think, are tied for the team lead in home runs. Lazaro, in particular, has been showing a lot of power. And uh, Beck, I think, most encouragingly, has been uh, taking a walk and you know showing a little bit more plate discipline. I think they're both around 23 now. Um, I'm curious to, to know where you think these guys are at and what do you think the, the potential uh, prognosis is for these two former top prospects going forward? Well, I think they're both where they need to be. Uh, they both need to, you know, basically improve their performance. You know, Austin Beck and, and Armateros have been around long enough where it's kind of like it's no longer about your tools. It's about performance. Mm-hmm. And both both of them come out the first month and have shown signs of some better performance, like you said. And, uh, you know, Beck uh, seems to be playing. I haven't been to Lansing yet, but I know his defense has been stellar. Uh, and he's, he's, his, his at-bats seem a lot more competitive. And when they're more competitive, uh, the natural ability will come out. He'll hit more doubles. He'll hit more homers. So, you know, I think we're all just waiting back. And once again, these guys have gotten a lot of opportunities to play last three, four, five years, and it's it's time for both of them, and I think they both know it's time for them to start performing. If they start performing, they've got a chance to move. Uh, yeah, I, you know, they def- definitely, you know, obviously have some raw tools. That's what caused you guys to go after them in the first place. So if they can uh, put, continue to put it together on the field in a, in a consistent manner, uh, they obviously still have that talent within them there. Um, one pitcher in particular I wanted to ask you about at Lansing, and that was uh, your former uh, second-round draft pick, uh, Jeff Criswell. Um, he's been pitching really well. He's been showing a lot more control, a lot more command of his pitches. I know he was always a little wild before, would tend to walk a lot of guys. That kind of seems to be in check this year. But as a former second-round draft pick, obviously he's, he's got some talent, and I'm curious to know what you think about Jeff Criswell and the progress he seemed to make this year. Well, that's that's where it all lands, is his ability to command the baseball. Stuff is through the roof. You know, we all know the guy throws hard. He touches 96 and sevens. He's got a, probably one of the best natural change-ups in our system. Um, he's got a good breaking ball, but, you know, his delivery and his command have lacked the ability to land that pitch enough. Um, his delivery has got a lot of um, unusual moves to it that that thing's just not totally in sync to get away from himself. Um, it's always a... Uh, work in progress, trying to get him on time with his moves and trying to improve his direction. So 
so far, you know, the first four or five starts, <clears throat> with the exception of one, have been really solid. Yeah, it's good to see him, uh, again, you know, locating the ball as he should, since that was always the, seemed to be the big problem before. So if he can do that, like you said, his, his stuff is good. So uh, hopefully that's the second-round draft pick that will uh, – Prove to uh, turn out well for you guys, and we'll see him uh, move up the move up the system uh, rapidly as well. Now let's wrap up talking about some guys in Midland. There, you know, there's a number of intriguing prospects at Midland this year. And uh, starting off with last year's second round draft pick for your third baseman Zach Geloff. You know, he's been doing nothing but hit since you you drafted him, and he's been doing nothing but hit at Midland this year. He's been hitting around 330, I think, uh, just uh, getting on base, showing some pop. Uh, what do you think about Zach Geloff's uh, performance here just as a, as a very recent uh, draft pick for you, performing so well at the at the double-A level already? Yeah, he's, he's, he's been the real deal since the day he walked into our camp last year. I mean, he's he's mature, he's physical, he's got a great approach, he's got a good swing, uh, he's got some thump, the ball jumps off his bat, he's an athlete, he runs, um, his hands aren't bad at third, he's got a little unique... Uh, arm action throwing because of his previous injuries, and eventually that might catch up to him. He has a little trouble going to his backhand and getting on top and making that play. There, down the road, there may be a move to second base, but offensively, this guy has come on strong since day one. He he hit in mid camp. He hit in uh, the short time in construction league. Uh, we sent him up to AAA at the end of last year because of injuries. He raked up there. He had good camp. He's just he's he's just a really good hit. And uh, you know, every once in a while you kinda of look up and you say, you know, is this gonna be over his head going from nowhere to double A and <laughs> some of us, you know, maybe want to protect him a little bit more and say, Let's get off to a good start, maybe at Lansing first. Right. But uh because of our situation we we put him there and he's been locked in since day one. So uh, this guy definitely slides into one of our top prospects easy. Yeah, it's always good to see when those guys uh, come right out of the gate and <laughs> as a high draft pick and start performing well at the high levels makes you feel good about that. Now, another uh, uh, top uh, draft pick you have there at uh, Midland is your former first-round pick, shortstop Logan Davidson. Uh, he was kind of pushed to double-A last year, kind of rushed a little bit uh, um, and he struggled a bit, uh, but this year he's really been hitting the ball well in his second go-round there at Midland, showing a lot of power, hitting home runs, hitting doubles. Um, it looks like he's really learned a lot after spending last season in the Texas League. So where do you feel uh, Logan Davidson at, is at at this stage of the game? Well, I, I think he's in a great space. He's made a nice little rebound. Uh, you know, some guys could have powdered about the year he had last year, but he's he's come back a little stronger. He's had a couple of kinks along the way with injuries <clears throat> that slowed him down. He's got a little hip thing that we had to clean up and a little shoulder thing that had to be cleaned up. But, you know, he's played well. He's played a solid shortstop. There's some errors in there from time to time, but he's he's been, he's been solid. But, you know, that whole infield there, that's right, uh, is, is really, uh, you know, very good with Jonah Bride, with Ironman. You know, Ironman's in the same boat with Logan. He's He's come back and and rebounded, had a good camp, and it's it's uh, it's gone with the midline, and he's he's had a good start. Uh, you know, uh, you mentioned Jonah Bride. I went, I'm, I, I 
there's just, there's so many guys in Midland that I want to ask you about. I'm, I'm going to group a few guys together, and you can tell me whatever you want about them. But one is Jonah Bride, who had been a, a corner infielder and really was starting to catch this year, and I know he's been hurt recently. But also Jordan Diaz, who uh, is still a very young infielder, moved from third base to first base this year and has really started heating up at Midland recently. And then also – Max Schumann, who was not a high draft pick, but has been one of the best hitters at, at Midland, and he's been playing all over, very personal playing, second base, shortstop, all three outfield positions, uh, has a lot of speed, a lot of versatility. Um, anything you have to offer on uh, Jonah Bride, Jordan Diaz, or Max Schumann, I'd be curious to hear about. Yeah, uh, Jonah's been dealing a hammy in the last couple of weeks, so he's down. Hopefully when I go in there, he's not far away. Um mm-hmm. You know, he's he's always been a very good defender at third and first and in trying to make him a little bit more versatile. We had him start catching a little bit last year and then sent him into the fall league. And he was a little rough, but started to get comfortable with it and really enjoys it. So we want, we want him to have some more time back there. Uh, Schoen has been uh, a team player and the guy to keep an eye on, a catalyst on his last two clubs. You know, this started last year in Lansing where he was a mainstay that infield mm-hmm. dealing bases at random with, with the step off rule there. And, and he's basically done the same thing now in Midland. So Schumann's starting to come very complete, very versatile and play the outfield can play most infield spots, quality at bats. Um, you know, so just sitting there waiting for his chance to move. <laughs> and uh, what about uh, Jordan Diaz, who's always been uh, strong with the bat? Uh, the defense uh, and where he'd end up position-wise was always a question, but he's been playing mainly over at first base this year. And like I said, starting to hit up and uh, heat up and hit those home runs uh, just lately. Now, Jordan's always been very talented as a hitter, but not as a professional. Um, he swings way too often. He swings early in the count off and has never had much success with it, and that's what gets him in trouble. And I would say for the last two and a half years, we've been trying to get him to understand about what professional at-bats look like and being disciplined and a little bit more patient. And, and you know, it's no different uh, now. Uh, you know, Bobby and, and Taco are down there grinding through it with him, and it comes and goes. But when you look at his history, he's had high strikeouts, low walks, um, his first pitch swing percentage has been high with, with very low hard contact rates. And so those are the type of things we're trying to prove to make him a professional. As far as his positioning, it's, it's uh, you know, it's going to be tough. He just, uh, he just hasn't been a great defender, even though he's young. He hasn't been a great defender at third. He's, the feet are a little slow. Um, he's not the most accurate thrower we've, We've had in the outfield from time to time, and now we're doing first base things. So this is a lot like the development of uh, Edwin Nunez. Uh, uh, Renato. Nunez. <laughs> R- R- Renato Nunez. I was just going to say that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, where you've got this hitter that you know has talent, but can you get him to, to be a little bit more patient and decrease his chases? And, you know, no matter which one, you know, Nunez, even in big leagues, even though he got waived by everybody, the guy hit homers. Right. He just couldn't be consistent. He couldn't put an average up and just couldn't defend. So, you know, uh, Jordan's still young enough. We're just going to see. But the last <laughs> couple of weeks, he's he turned it around a little bit, and he's he's been good. 
Yeah, I was going to say, as you were talking about him, it, it reminded me almost of exactly the same things you said to me about Renato Nunez many years ago. <laughs> so, yeah. it's very familiar. Um, so uh, before we wrap up, I wanted to ask you about a few pitchers there at Midland. You know, in particular, Colin Palouse. He was really one of the most solid starters in the A's minor league system last year. Now he's off to a good start there at uh, Midland again this year. He's a former ninth-round draft pick of yours. I'm just curious to get your perspective on Colin Palouse and, you know, how you project him going forward as someone who could, uh, you know, be a potential major league contributor at some point. Yeah, there's no doubt. He's, he's a, a big, strong kid. He's physical. He throws hard. Um, he's got a wipeout slider at times, and he's getting used to pitch with his changeup more. <clears throat> and, you know, that's a, that's a big part of what he needs in his game. It's kind of a rushed, <clears throat> fast-paced delivery, but his command's gotten better. Uh, and he's just got to learn how to feel and use his changeup a little bit better. But he's definitely a prospect as a as a pitcher. And a couple of uh, you know intriguing arms you've got there at Midland as well, or a couple guys you picked up in the recent trade: uh, J.T. Ginn, who you got from the Mets in the in the Chris Bassett deal, and Ryan Cusick, who came over from the Braves in the Matt Olson trade. Uh, They've both shown some flashes, uh, uh, but then they both struggled a bit at times as well. Um, but uh, I'm curious to know your perspective on those two guys, those two pickups who were definitely high-quality arms that were brought into the system in the offseason. Yeah, again, we just have to get out. We just have to get healthy. He's kind of down again with a little bit of a lap shoulder thing. and uh, But his stuff is really remarkable. You know, he's still rehab during spring training, but he's got a big – hard, heavy sinker. Um, he had a good delivery. Um, you know, I'm just looking forward at some way just to see him pitch healthy, but there's a ton upside there. Same with Kuzik, another big physical kid that, that throws 100 at times, and, and the slider's pretty good, but he's never used a changeup before, and that's what's getting to him. So it's, you know, we're forcing him to use that changeup a little bit more, and and understand a little bit more pace. He's still a young kid that thinks he can throw a right by everybody. It's just, you know, as we all know, in the upper levels, that's just not going to happen. So, <laughs> you know, we're preaching that change up to every starter in our system and asking him to throw that thing 15% of the time. So he's he's been a little low on that, and that's what needs to pick up. Well, I think if I recall, you went through the same thing with Sonny Gray, and, and that turned out well in the end anyway, right? Yeah. I mean, the thing, the thing about it is there's a lot of pitchers in our system that have, that have come into our system and don't have a change up, don't understand why they need it. And as we start pushing it and it starts to become a better pitch, they completely understand it. I go back to Jack Cushing last year in Lansing in uh, Stockton. I mean, this guy, you know, put himself on the map just with his fastball command and location. And I said, if you take this change up and shove it down your throat and start using it, you're going to put yourself on a much higher map. And that's right. what's happened. It, it became a better pitch in Lansing, and it's a better pitch now. And now when I look at the game report, this guy's throwing it 15, 20 times in a game. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> so it's the savior pitch. You know, pitching has kind of been the same, even though there's more velocity, but you have to disrupt timing and balance to get right. hitters out. And, the, and the, yeah. you know, the balance is in and out, and the timing is hard and soft. And for yeah. these guys that think they can just throw 95 all the time and, and be erratic, and uh, it's not going to work as a starter. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, there's pretty much nothing more effective than changing speeds when you look at uh, at pitching, right? I mean, that, that yeah, changing change speeds and location. <laughs> yeah, you got you got to disrupt disrupt their timing if you want to succeed. And yeah, that, as you, as you always say, I mean, these young guys don't always have the change up, and uh, you know, if they want to keep moving up the system, that's the one thing they're going to need to to experience the ultimate success is being able to effectively change speeds like that. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, uh, you know, the way the rebuild going on with a major league team, there's a lot of opportunities for young guys. So, you know, it's more important than ever to keep an eye on these guys down on the farm and see what they're doing, because uh, if you perform well, there's plenty of opportunities to move up and uh, plenty of opportunities to prove yourself uh, if you're willing to, to do the work and uh, do what you got to do on the field. And obviously, it's always great talking to you because uh, you've got, uh, you know, as many eyes on uh, these guys as anyone. And. Uh, You've been around long enough to know what it takes to make it to the major league level, that's for sure. So we appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today, Grady. Thanks so much. Okay, Billy. See you next time. And thanks to all of you out there for listening to this edition of our A's Farm podcast. Be sure to check back in for the next episode. And don't forget that you can always find updates on the A's top prospects and all the daily action in the A's minor league system on our A's Farm website at athleticsfarm.com. That's athleticsfarm.com. Thanks again. I'm A's Farm Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty, and we'll see you again down on the farm. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.